Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Different passages, beginning in the book of Romans, chapter number 10 and verse number 14. Also to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, and 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. Tonight's word is titled, Hearing the Word of the Lord. Hearing the Word of the Lord. Romans 10 and 14. The Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? To 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 11. But to one, but one, and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. But one and the same Spirit works. It works. Lastly, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3 and verse number 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. Hearing the word of the Lord. From time to time I get um, constructive criticism from people in regarding how the church service goes. Not a lot, it's been a while. Uh, mainly most of us have been uh, complaining about uh, the regulations and everybody's you know done with... Uh, the virus and things like that. We understand that not so much a complaint about church, but complaining about what we have to do as a church. But uh, through the years, if I had to take all of the complaints that I have heard about church, the number one complaint, not so much complaint, but kind of a struggle or kind of a uh, heartfelt disappointment from people is that they come to church or they go to a conference or go to an event or go to something and their complaint constructive criticism is that they feel like they got nothing out of it. They left church and they say to themselves, their family, their friends, I got nothing out of that. It's very rare around here. After all, we try to do our best and uh, present the worship service with excellence, the preaching with excellence, the altar call with excellence, all of our uh, classes and all of our programs and all of our ministries that we do. We work hard at presenting the Word of God in a way that is easily understandable, easily received, and easy to bless somebody with. And, uh, you know, anytime you get uh, criticized, anytime you get somebody who has maybe an issue with what is going on, whether it's uh, 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 how you're doing uh, your job or your lawn or whatever it may be from somebody just pulling you know, things out of the air like that. I've learned from my dad, there's always just a little bit of truth. Even though, no matter how outrageous it is, there's always just a little bit of truth in what people are saying. And I have taken this to heart. And this time of year is a good time of year when we're still trying to get our resolutions going. 
and trying to get our year started off right, I want to help somebody tonight who maybe feels like you enjoy church, you enjoy the people, but you feel like God is not talking to you. And that's kind of your complaint. You're not getting the word from the Lord. You look around, you see other people blessed, and there's even just blessings in that, seeing other people blessed. You like what you feel. God touches your heart. You know God's really, you know, you know he's involved in your life, but you're having a hard time just hearing from God. That is who this message is for tonight. I'll say this, if you're not feeling like you're getting what you need to be getting out of church, you may be having the wrong idea. I think when you come into church, uh, it's a famous saying, uh, President JFK said, it asks not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I think that's a good idea with church when you come in, not I'm coming in so God can give me, give me, give me, but rather I'm coming in to give God praise. I'm going to enter into those doors not complaining about all my problems to everybody. I'm not going to drop a bomb on pastor right before he preaches. By the way, you want to know a secret about preachers? If you ever feel like the preacher dropped a watermelon or dropped a bomb, it's probably because somebody dropped a bomb on him or a watermelon right before church. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Save your problems maybe another time. But when we come into the house of the Lord, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Amen. When it comes time to worship, does the Bible say, oh, stand ye still with your hands in thy pockets and watch God move? Oh, no. God likes this stuff. God likes the singing. God likes the hand clapping. God likes the movement. And when you praise the Lord how he wants to be praised, God will touch your heart. He'll move upon you. Amen. When the preaching comes, is that time to start checking emails or uh, playing your favorite games or, you know, drawing or doing things like that or texting or things like that? No, it's not. If you want to get something out of the preaching, listen to the word of the Lord. Pay attention to the word of God and the altar call and things like that. So just the being engaged and giving the worship service, giving God all of your focus, you're going to start learning and receiving more out of it. I learned this as a kid that if I would put away the paper and stop drawing and stop thinking about where we're going to go to eat after service and stop thinking about this or that and just focus on the here and now, God would talk to me even as a child. I'm telling you what, God, anytime these church doors are open, God manifests. Anytime, amen, we gather together, God is anxious to bless and speak to his people. So don't just think for one minute that God is just being silent unto you just because he doesn't feel like talking. That God is just giving you the silent treatment. Oh no. But if you will give God what he wants and position yourself to hear from him, you will receive direction and a word from him. Can you say amen? I want to focus on three primary areas. We may get into a few others, but three primary areas on how you can hear from God. And that is through the scripture. Secondly, the workings of the Spirit. And thirdly, the preacher or the teacher. Anytime somebody is preaching or teaching from the Word of God. First of all, the Scripture. If you can't receive this Bible as being the Word of God, I don't think God will ever speak to you through a dream. He'll never speak to you through a vision. You'll probably never even get anything from the preacher. But this is the sole foundation of the communication of God, and that is through the Holy Bible. You must believe it is truth to hear from God. You cannot believe that it's simply poems or mythology 
or fiction out there, but you must believe that this is actually inspired of the Lord and being willing to confess that and believe that, that long ago, holy men and women were moved upon by the Holy Ghost under the inspiration of God's Spirit to write the Holy Scriptures. And if that is your attitude, you are a recipient, eligible to receive a word from God. Amen. I noticed something early on when I began to preach almost 20 years ago that I would get up and I would start reading the Word of God. And I've just always been a sensitive person to human interaction. And there was times I would get up to read the Word of God and I would feel like everybody would just kind of check out. It's like the Bible had nothing to do with the sermon. It's just like something you just kind of go through. And so I even tried to like raise my voice with it and kind of become a little thematic with it. And that gained a few people's attention. But I learned quickly, especially as a youth pastor, that I think the Bible itself has become somewhat of a disinterest to Christians. You know, we like the sound of the drums and like the sound of the bass and like the preacher screaming and we like to, you know, fall out in the altar and things like that. And I love all that stuff. and Don't stop doing that. But let me tell you this, this Bible can tell it better than I can. And the Bible can tell it better than the singer can. And the Bible can tell it better than the altar work. And the Bible can do it better than anything that happens here in this church. Jesus said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but this Bible, this word is never going to pass away. If there is anything you want to give your absolute attention to, I mean, shut down everything else that you've got going on. That is the portion when the preacher gets up to read the word of the Lord. And I tell you this, some of the greatest moments I've ever had in church was simply the reading of the Word of God. After all, it's that Bible that's a two-edged sword that'll get inside of your heart, that'll get inside of your bones, that'll get inside of the marrow, that'll divide your soul, that'll talk to you, that'll correct you, that'll give you reproof, amen, that'll completely straighten you out. Let me just tell you this, your miracle could be happening in the reading of the Word of God portion of the service. The answer you're looking for, amen, could just be when somebody gets up to read the Word of God. How many of y'all know, amen, that there is power in the Holy Scripture of the living God? If you believe it, can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen. I hear it a lot from people, another complaint, that they're not getting something from the Word of God or they don't understand it. I'm going to offer you a few suggestions. Now, I cut my teeth on the King James Version. Now, around here at the Live Church, we're not King James only. You know, some churches out there, maybe you come from one of them, or you got family in one of them that believe King James or hell, right? And if you, that is your conviction, I don't want you to change a thing, okay? You stay with your King James Bible. God bless you. I like the King James Bible. But uh, myself, me, personally, I've become not a King James, New King James only, but a New King James majority of the time. I haven't really preached or read or taught from anything else for quite a long time. But I, I feel like a lot of, lot of us, langu uh, English language from 1611 is uh, almost a foreign language uh, to many of us. And reading uh, the older English as beautiful as, as it is can be very difficult to understand. So I would suggest in, in reading your Bible, personally, perhaps considering a newer translation. I like the New King James Version. 
Uh, there's some things ab ab about it that are not as strong, perhaps, as the King James. Uh, there's other versions out there. Read whatever speaks to you. Read whatever you're comfortable with. I've read the New International Version, the English Standard Version, the New American Standard Version. I've read them all. I've even read the Precious Moments Bible, by the way, you know. And, and uh, other, other versions of the Bible. Let me tell you this. You can hear from God through all of them. And you can learn how to be saved and stay saved and be saved and be ready for the coming of the Lord through all of them. But if you want to get the depth and the richness uh, of the text, if it ain't got the word James on it, probably shouldn't buy it, all right? Whether it's the old or whether it's the new, but uh, all of them are great. I love all of them. And uh, just to maybe change into a modern translation, modern version of the Bible, you will begin to uh, understand more of your Bible than you did before time. I recommend uh, reading your Bible on a regular basis. I started reading the Bible on a regular basis in the year 2003. I started in Genesis and uh, I was uh, finished with the whole Bible by Christmas. I'll tell you the story about that. My birthday is November 4th and that year I turned 21. And I was a student at Bible college and I told the Lord God, I have never read my Bible through cover to cover. I don't like to read. To be honest with you, I was not very much of a good reader in school. I'm embarrassed to admit this to you, but when it came time for book reports, I would read the table of contents, maybe read the first paragraphs of chapter one, read, <laughs> read the back and make up something, be happy to get a C. And I wish I could go back in time and, and strive to do better with my grades. I, I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed and embarrassed to say that, but I tell you this, I was not a reader. I had a real big problem with that. But let me tell you this, I asked God for a birthday present and he gave it to me. And the first book that I literally in my whole life ever read cover to cover was the Holy Word of God. Amen, in the months of November and December in 2003 and then in 2004, from January to Valentine's Day, I read the Bible through again. I've never done it before since then in that amount of time, but uh, maybe it's time to do that again, hallelujah, because God spoke to me through the Word of God in those years, and I developed a strong relationship with my Bible, and in developing a relationship with my Bible, I developed a relationship with God. So I think if you develop a conviction like that, your first few times reading the Bible, you're going to read it a lot, maybe uh, through in, 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 in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or something like that. But what I do personally, I've been, I'm a New King James reader. I read the Bible five days a week. I don't read the Bible uh, on Sundays and Mondays, but I read it through the, all the other days, all other five days, and I give 40 minutes a day to reading the Scripture. And I also make notes in reading the Scripture. And I'll tell you this, by God's grace, His help, I'm able to read the Bible through two times a year. I've been doing it a long time by just giving that amount of time. There's no law and no commandment that says you have to read the Bible through every year, but I have found if you know how to read, if you can read the Bible through every year, you can develop a great grasp of the Bible. You can develop a great understanding of it. After I read the Bible through three times, I wouldn't say I was quite an expert, but I was on my way. And after about the fifth time, anytime somebody reads a verse, I may not exactly tell you what chapter it is. I may not be able to tell you what verse, but I can tell you what book of the Bible that is in generally. Now, don't you come up after me after church and read something from Ezekiel and try to test me. 
I'm actually not a very good memorizer, but I'm very good at being familiarized with the Bible and just reading your Bible, reading your Bible. I think studying is kind of intimidating to people. I don't know if, unless you're preaching or teaching or preparing to disciple somebody, really just enjoying the Bible like you would any book is how God wants us to read his word. And just reading it through cover to cover, God will talk to you. Another thing that I do personally that has helped me hear from God through reading the Bible personally or when the preacher is preaching or any case is I try to find myself in the Bible. Meaning I try to take verses, try to take stories, examples and see, you know what? I've been through that. I've been there. I know what that's talking about. I understand what that person was going through. Uh, for instance, the first time this ever happened to me was in my late teens, and it was the story of the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son. It's nobody here but us. But how many of you could find yourself in the story of the prodigal son? All right, you can find that. You know what it's like. You were young, you were not so wise, and you thought it was time to go see the world, and you got out there and were not responsible and squandered everything that you had and just fell in love with sin and found yourself uh, in a horrible place and you realized I had it better in my father's house. Amen. And you came home and picked up right where you left off. Amen. All of us can relate to that, can relate to that. Praise God. Now, how many of us can relate to being the father? How many of you in here, amen, you were waiting on somebody and you never thought they would come back, but you looked up one Sunday morning and they came walking in and it was so good to see them. You couldn't help but give them a hug. All of us have had to be the father at one point. And then, yes, sadly, some of us have been the elder brother in our lives. We look across the aisle and we judge somebody and say, I've lived so much better than them. I have served so much better than them. Why does it seem like everybody celebrates them more than me? Why does everybody seem to uh, make such a big deal out of them? Why not me? And I tell you this, yeah, the people that are here day in and day out, can I tell you this? I'm just going to be transparent. It's been a long time since I felt like somebody celebrated me. You want to know why? Because I'm consistent. <laughs> but it seems like somebody who has been forgiven much, God, the love of God is manifested even more upon them. That's the way it's designed and that's the way God wants it to be. And it's in those moments we realize, you know what, God honors the faithful more than those who are in and out. And all of us can find ourselves in that story. And then, yes, some of us here are like the servants. We look across and we say, that's one crazy family over there, but God bless them, you know. What about Jonah? Anybody in here, you have ever had a word from God to go do this and you said, uh-uh, not doing it. Maybe you didn't uh, run away, perhaps, go to another country, but perhaps, but you're sitting in church and you just felt like God said, you need to get to the altar. And you said, nope, not doing it. You go to your car. Or maybe you wake up one morning at 4 a.m. and you know the Lord is saying, praying, you said, not doing it. I need my sleep. And you go back to sleep. All of us can find ourselves in the story of Jonah. We feel the Lord pulling on our hearts to pray for somebody that we absolutely loathe. All of us have that one verse in the Bible that we have a hard time following. All of us do. 
Come on, be honest. There is one conviction, one commandment that you're like, mm, I wish that wasn't in there. I just feel like being transparent. It's nobody but here, us here tonight and the entire internet, okay? <laughs> I have a verse in the Bible that anytime I read it, I just cringe. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. I have a hard time loving terrorists, to be honest with you. I have a hard time praying for them. Certain types of criminals out there have a hard time loving them. And there are times I feel like, Jonah, I do not want to preach to them. I do not want to pray for them. There are times even at the altar, I look at somebody, I'm like, you got yourself in that mess. You ain't worthy of my prayers. I'm Jonah. And it takes a fish to swallow me up or something to get my attention from time to time. It's like God is saying, if I had enough grace for you, you need to have grace for somebody else. And God has his way of shutting me down and stopping me dead in my tracks and getting me back to be where I need to be in loving lost souls and loving lost sinners. If you will start to think of yourself like that in the Bible, God will talk to you in ways that will blow your mind. I've been Jonah. And you know who else I've been? I've had to be, as it were, the whale. I've known of people, friends of mine, who said, I'm not going to preach. I am not going to teach and run from the call of God. And the Lord has used me to reach out to them and to pull them back. And some of you, I feel it right now, you're in the middle of doing something like that right now. And some of us in here have been like the people of Nineveh. We were wicked. We were evil. But God sent somebody from a faraway place, somebody we were not familiar with, somebody we did not know to preach to us. And thank God we did. Because of our repentance, the Lord spared our lives. Anybody out there, amen, you can relate to the story of Jonah. Praise God. Amen. Find yourself in the Bible. Another example is when you feel under trial or when you feel discouraged, when you feel like you don't know what to do or where to turn. Can I tell you some of the past generations of Pentecostals who went through times of war and great depression in this land, you know what they ran to? They ran to their Bible. They ran to the word of God for answers. I love to go to museums. One of our public libraries near here in the back, they've got a beautiful display of old books. And you know what they have? All these old hymnals and all these old Bibles. And what something is, a lot of the Bibles that we have nowadays are larger. Most of the Bibles that they had in the 1800s are so small. And it's just because they traveled on horseback or walked and they didn't want to carry something heavier. So they had these small Bibles, just small little print. And I look and I try to imagine somebody, you know, who was going through a time of famine, a time of war, a time of running and fearing for their life. And that was the Bible that they clung to, the Bible that they read in that small print. Amen. And that Bible got them through hard times. The Bible is full of promises and full of instances of God bringing his people out of horrible circumstances. You think about the story of Daniel. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, when they were confronted with having to interpret a dream, otherwise they would be executed. I can imagine Daniel knowing the Psalms and knowing Psalm 25. The psalmist said, the secret of the Lord is with those who 
who fear him. And in knowing that psalm, he knew he feared the Lord and God gave him the interpretation to the dreams of the king and it spared his life and promoted him. What about the three Hebrew boys when they were thrown into the fiery furnace for not worshiping the false god of the Babylonians? They would have known the story of Job. Job chapter 13 and verse 15. The Bible says that famous scripture, though God slays me, yet I will trust him. They would have known Isaiah 43. The prophet said, fire and flame will not burn you. It's scriptures like this that they would have known and would have clinged to and believed in that sent an angel of the Lord to protect them. Amen. If you know God's word, it'll keep you during the time of trial. Praise God. And what about Daniel when he is in the lion's den at night in a den <coughs> full, full of lions? He would have known the story of Samson when he tore apart a lion. He would have known the story of David who conquered Lions, And he would have known the psalmist who said in Psalm 22, the roaring lion and the teeth of the lion, they are broken. Save me from the lion's mouth. You have answered me. The Bible is there for you when you need to hear from God during tough times. If you will just but learn that this Bible was, yes, written not long, was written long ago, but it was not just written for people long ago, but it was written for you and I to this day in this time. I'll say it again, Jesus said it, heaven and earth is gonna pass away, but my word is never gonna pass away. And if it's never gonna pass away, then that means, hey man, that it is relevant for us here today. I'm calling upon somebody, amen. Yes, you've got a good connection with God. Yes, you're loyal to church. Yes, amen, you're faithful. But God is calling you, amen, to a deeper level of connection to the holy written word of the living God. Amen, you've got too much dust on your Bible. Amen, you haven't read it as much as you should. If you were to look at the screen time on your phone, you would be embarrassed at how many hours you are on your phone and not as many hours as you are in the word of God. If you're lacking from hearing from God, if you feel like you are distant from God, could it be, it just could be that if you would just get up earlier or stay up later, amen, or take a little bit of a longer lunch break just to read the word of God, you would start to hear from him and he would start to talk to you, amen. I'm telling you, I've noticed a pattern through the years, the people that love this word and have this word inside of them, amen, they are almost backslidden proof and backslidden free. If you can love this book, God can bring you through dark times. And I feel like we're in a trial in our generation. Amen. Run to the word of God. Amen. And he will help you get through it. Can you say praise the Lord? Find yourself in the characters of the Bible. Read the Bible. Amen. As if, amen, your life depended upon it. The workings of the spirit. This is prophecy. This is tongues. This is visions. This is dreams. This is conversations you have with somebody before service or after service. This is prayer. I believe that the Holy Ghost speaks to us nowadays. Amen. Some people out there believe that God doesn't talk to us anymore, but it is only through the word of God. And I tell you this, this Bible itself endorses, amen, the audible spoken word of God. It endorses, amen, the manifestation of the word of God. And I believe that we can find answers from God through the workings of his spirit. Amen. If the praise team would please join me again on this platform. Amen. When it comes to the workings of the spirit, 
you must check your judgment at the door unless you really know something is off. Let me tell you this, some of the greatest words from God or some of the greatest signs and signals I've ever had from God came from people that I would never pick, amen, to be able to give me a word from the Lord. It has come on Sundays, amen, when I am a little bit tired, when I'm a little bit preoccupied with what's going on in the church. I take care of a lot of the, the order of service, the orchestration and production of our services, and sometimes my mind is on those things. Can I tell you what? Some of those Sundays, amen, God talks to me. I don't know what it is about missionaries, but every time we have a missionary come by here at the church, God always talks to me. There are certain people, amen, that have come up beside me and prayed for me in a moment where I wasn't even expecting a word from God, didn't even need a word from God, and the Lord talks to me. Never ever judge who is giving a message in tongues. Never ever be disappointed because the interpretation may be not be coming from a person who you think is spiritual. But let me tell you this, if God can talk through donkeys, if he can talk through rocks, if he can talk through things like this, amen, he can talk through anybody. Can you say amen? Elijah fled, fled the land of Israel to go to the mountain of God in the desert. And while he was there, he stood at the mouth of that cave and he looked out and he saw miraculous, awesome sights. He saw a great wind come before him there on the mountain. He saw a great earthquake, felt it. And he saw a supernatural fire appear before him. And he was needing an answer from God. He was needing direction from God. Jezebel was wanting to kill him. He was facing a great distressful season of his life and in his ministry and he fled and he ran away. He saw that great wind, he felt that great earthquake, he felt that fire. Sounds a lot like Pentecostal church, doesn't it? Earthquakes, wind, fire, mm, all of that stuff. You know what the Bible says in that moment? God wasn't in it. God wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire, but the Bible says a still small voice came to Elijah and spoke to him. I tell you this, some of the greatest answers you're ever going to get from God are not from powerful, fiery moments, and not from big earthquake moments, and not wind moments, but commonly God's voice comes in a still, meaning it's not a loud vibrating or everywhere, but it's kind of still. It's not a big, loud, moving voice, but it's small. That is commonly how the voice of God manifests through the Spirit of God. It's not loud. It's not boastful. Now you think about this. When you talk to somebody, you scream and talk to them like this. How are you today? Now, there's a few folks in this church that talk like that, and I wish they wouldn't, you know. I feel like I'm going deaf. No, I'm just kidding. But God is cordial. He's got good etiquette. He's not going to scream at you when he wants to talk. But it's actually very conversational. And I'm teaching people like this that really want to hear the voice of God. He's not going to be yelling at you unless he's trying to stop you right in the middle of doing something horrible. But for the most part, it's just like having coffee together, just talking. His voice appears in a still, small manner. 
If you want to learn to hear from the Spirit, and you want the Spirit, amen, to manifest and direct you, don't look at what you see as loud. Don't look at what you see as magnificent. But rather, it comes in that still, small, just these little pieces here, these little things here. And I tell you this, there have been times I've needed an answer from God and just being out here in the narthex talking to somebody before the service and they just bring up this or that. And I thought, they don't even know what I'm going through and they're talking about something they're going through and I'm going through it. And I don't tell them, but I'm just like, that's amazing. And then during worship service, somebody will come up and tell me something. I'm like, you know what? You're saying the exact same thing that person said over there. And then at the altar call, I hear somebody praying. They're praying the exact same thing that I already heard twice from them. And then I get a text message from somebody on the way home. And it's like, God, you are talking to me simply through little conversations with people that are prophesying to me. And they don't even know they're prophesying to me. The Spirit works in still, small ways. Praise God. Let's all stand together. Lastly, if you want to hear from God through the preacher... I recommend taking notes. I started doing this several years ago. I used to use a little notebook. And uh, after we had children, they became toddlers. They liked to come up there on the front row and take daddy's pen and mark up that notebook. <laughs> and I used to think it was cute till I looked down and there was a big old mark down my pants and up my shirt. And I said, no more, not having any more of that. So I take notes on the phone. I take notes on the phone. Taking notes and going back and rereading what was preached, you will, it's almost like the sermon comes to you a second time and looking down at your own notes and your own writing and you know, you're gonna write down the highlights, you're able to soak up, amen, the majority of the message in just a few sentences. I recommend you do that. You'll hear from God through those notes you take. I'm telling you, it's real. Then I recommend you go back sometimes and rewatch and re-listen. Amen, to a message that really spoke to you, a worship service that God really talked to you. We live in an amazing time with great technology where messages are archived. You know, back in the old days, you had to order tapes and it took you weeks to get. Now you can just listen to it on the way home or listen to it in work. Listen to preaching, love preaching. And I'm telling you, there are some sermons that I've probably listened to over 50 times and God still talks to me in a new way, in a new manner. Amen, through that message. God is wanting to talk to his people through his word, through the working of the spirit, and through the preached word of God in many other ways. But I feel like in this season and time, these are the three main ways God is speaking to his people. I wonder if there's anybody, amen, you're just hungry, amen, for a word from God. You know it's in your Bible and you're having a hard time finding it. I pray this week you find it in the scripture. Some of you, amen, you feel like the Spirit is trying to talk to you. You feel like there's just a word for you right there. May the Spirit, amen, make it obvious and clear. And then there's some of you, amen, there's a message, amen, years ago, amen, God is wanting you to remember. May He speak to you in this manner. This altar is open, amen, for anybody that's just hungry for a word from God. I invite you, amen, to join me down here on this altar to pray, amen, and say, God, Help me, Lord, to receive from you. I want to hear from you. Amen. God wants to talk to you. And if you will ask him, and if you will open yourself to it, amen, he'll talk to you. He'll direct you. Amen. Maybe you just need to know that God loves you. Amen. He wants to tell you that. 
Maybe you just need to know that God is watching over you. God will tell you. He'll assure you that he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you, amen. You feel like, amen, you just need to experience Calvary all over again. Let me tell you, the cross is still real and it's still alive here today. Hallelujah. Come on, this is the power of Pentecost. Amen. We preached and we've been teaching it for decades now that God is still speaking. That he's never shut his mouth. Amen. But he's still talking. And to anybody that has an ear, if they will hear it, let him hear it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let the word of the Lord go forth right now and speak to the people on an individual level. Amen. Let words and answers to prayer come now, I pray. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, word of God speak. Word Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.